Hey guys, welcome to the first episode of Moods, Minds, and Manifestations podcast, featuring real people, real experiences, and real talk. And I'm your host, Mocha. So let's get into it. So today my guest is Cornelia. Hi. And Cornelia is actually my older daughter and we thought we'd talk today a little bit about mental health. Yes. So about two years ago as her mom I noticed several changes in her eating habits, her moods and it took a while for us to get her diagnosed and you Cornelia can say what you've been diagnosed with um I was diagnosed with depression I just recently started getting anxiety like I would say last year around like November um and I was also diagnosed like not officially of course an eating disorder but not a categorized one like not a specific one I would say I was diagnosed with more just like eating disorder because I've had like I noticed that I've had anorexia orthorexia and yeah those are like the top the two ones that I've been struggling with um it started off with orthorexia and then um like kind of led to anorexia habits and yeah I'm recovering from that now and actually sort of it sort of morphed into to um bulimia to a certain extent yes also that that also started like more like in my recovery like more last year i would say okay so i would definitely say you have food anxiety yes Mm -hmm. and it doesn't help that you are a chef a trained chef Mm -hmm. so you were around food all day um but as i on the outside have been looking in have noticed that or my observation is that the food anxiety and other issues are just sort of a symptom of something that's underlying. So what would you say triggered your depression or was it the onset of your depression? Um, I personally don't know the exact cause of it, but I know that just like an everyday routine that I wasn't happy with. So it was kind of just like an everyday cycle of the same thing, like get up and like go to work. And I wasn't happy every day. So just being stuck in like this bubble and like this loop. loop. Sort of yeah, loop. exactly. Yeah. Like this loop. Um, just I. that's how I feel like I, it started. Again, as your parent and um, observing, I feel that social media had a lot to do with it. Yeah, because of course, yeah. Because there was a, pe- a long period of time, um, I think until maybe age 14, you weren't, you didn't even have a, a phone of your own. No. And you were not on social media. Mm-hmm. And up until that point, everything seemed okay, seemed fine. Um, yes. And it wasn't until your exposure to social media, I fe- feel that 
certain influences kicked in and things started to change. So what can you say about that as far as the influence on your depression and anxiety um, as far as social media goes? Well, I would say as far as the eating disorder, it was definitely influenced by social media or triggered by social media. Um, I started watching in, it was around Corona time, and I started watching these like what I eat in a day videos on YouTube um, that were mostly made by like models and stuff. So I, and this is like, like I said, during Corona. So I wanted to start my own YouTube channel. And the first video I made was a what I eat in a day. And I kind of copied, I would say copied or tried to make it look like I was eating like these models. Um, so it was not an authentic video at all that that video is deleted because I now know it was, didn't come from a very good place. And yeah, so that's kind of like what triggered it. Um, just kind of wanting to eat healthy and trying to copy like what these models were eating when everyone is different and everyone needs different, everyone does has a different lifestyle and everyone needs different amounts of food. So And yeah. your bodies are all different. Yeah, right? of course. Yeah. And um, another thing I noticed too was not just... The eating, but it affected how you saw yourself and mm -hmm. your body image. And you were always a tall, thin child, and yeah. you were a child model and not famous, but you were always in the modeling world to some yeah. to some extent. And size and structure and stature was never an issue. Yeah, but. All of a sudden, here came this need to, I don't know, fit yeah. in to be like other people when you, yeah. you know, you, you're beautiful as you are and Thanks. your physique was fine and you're very athletic and very talented in many, many areas. So mm -hmm. that to me as a parent was always kind of disturbing that, you know, why is she trying to be like other people when she has so much going for herself? Yeah. So would you say that? Again, social media influenced how you saw yourself and what was that like? How did you see yourself? Um, I would say not just like the eating from like the videos that I saw on YouTube. Also, because this was during Corona, I was on TikTok a lot, like a lot of other teenagers were. And they would promote kind of like there's this thing called For You page. I'm pretty sure you've heard of it. Like the main page where any videos that people post are on there. And they would, like, I noticed they would promote, like, more, like, really skinny girls and, like, just girls that would just show, like, abs and, like, everything. And that was what you would see pretty much when you scroll, scroll through the app. So I would kind of was just like, oh, I kind of want to look like that too. And um, even when I was at my lowest weight, um, I didn't see myself as skinnier like i always saw myself the same like i didn't think i lost weight yeah, i didn't think but i i noticed the difference and that's when i started yeah looking back now yeah. i i noticed like i yeah you were very looked, gaunt looked, and, and looked yeah. yes almost skeletal at one i mean you know you could see certain bones starting to mm -hmm. be visible and your eating habits were just horrible Mm -hmm. and just your your moods are just terrible and yeah but it took a while for us to realize at least for me as your parent to realize I knew there was a problem but I really didn't know 
I thought it was just, oh, you know, she's in a bad mood, but it was just, you were always in a bad mood. Yeah. And for us, me and your younger sister, it was like in the home and we were walking on eggshells all the time. Like we weren't allowed to buy certain foods, otherwise she would yell at us for that. Or, you know, it was just always some battle, you know, and it was really, really tough. And you being in your state, nobody else's feelings and emotions even crossed your mind. So while I, as a parent, I had to, you know, think about myself and how it was affecting me. I had to think about how it was affecting you and how it was affecting your sister. So it was a really, really, really tough time. Mm -hmm. And um, can you like, can you describe what is it, what it is that you were feeling? Like when you feel depression coming on, like, what does it feel like if you can put it into words? Um, It's kind of like. You lose interest in everything that you're interested in, basically. And it's like this voice telling you, like, it's not worth it to get up and do this. Just, just, just like, sit down, like, lay down and do nothing. And do you actually you just, hear like, a voice? Or it's just... It's kind you're, of just, you're, like, you're, a feeling. Like, you just yeah. don't want to do anything, okay. pretty much. That's so like... I mean, I feel... It's different for everyone, but that's, like, what I feel, like... But what, like, physically, what do you feel? Do you, like, feel anything? Like, is, is there a thing that you feel like, oh, I'm going to start getting depressed? Or you, you, it just it just takes you over suddenly? Or how does it feel, like, the physical feeling? Mm. Does it, like, switch from one moment to the next moment? Like, yeah, I would say, you know? yeah. Because, I mean, depression, like, you don't just switch off and on. But there's definitely moments where it's worse than others. Like, I don't know. But what, in your case, what triggers you? What, what, is it anything that... I would say food is the main thing that triggers it. To get depressed? My understanding is that food is just one aspect of it. So the depression itself is a bigger problem. Mm. Yeah. And the food anxiety is one aspect of it. But what brings it on? If your mind isn't active or you're not busy or what... Yeah, definitely when I'm not active, I always try to, like, go for walks because that helps with my anxiety and stuff. So I always try to keep busy and when I'm not doing anything, that's when it starts to get really bad. So you start to think a lot more and yeah. um, so what do you do to combat that? When you're not doing anything and you feel it coming on, what do you do? You go for a walk? Or yeah, what? I always go for walks when I start feeling like that or I just like start stretching or I just like watch YouTube or something. Uh, just to distract myself or like I'll start making da- like choreographies or something just to kind of distract myself um, um, just, but walking is like the one that helps the most because I'm kind of just like out of the house like away from all of like so darkness I guess right. or so, those thoughts and so, I'm just like so, in fresh air and stuff so like that. so certain environments also trigger yeah trigger it so like for example if it's food related like my apartment is like in one area so I'm kind of like in the kitchen and if it's like a, one of those episodes where it's like food related, I have to just like, I can't really get away from the kitchen. I just kind of have to get out the, my whole apartment in general. Does that make sense? Yeah. So, yeah. And, yeah. um, and as far as, uh, medication, you're on medication right yeah, now. Yeah. I'm on Cetralin. Yeah. yeah. Um, I took that, was it last year for like a few months? You took it, you took I, it for a few months and then and you then stopped, stopped because, because you felt good. It and was then, summer and, and then, I felt better. Then you fell back into the the yeah. rabbit hole of, of everything. So now you're back on it. Yes. And, you know, it helps, definitely helps. Yeah, it's like been um, a month 
a little over a month now and I feel like it's been helping. Okay. But you also go to therapy mm-hmm. and um, describe therapy, like what, what sorts of things you do in therapy. Um, she, we kind of just like talk about what I'm doing and like what causes my episodes and stuff like that. And yeah. how you can and how I can cope with it. Cope with it, yeah. and yeah. Yeah, like and it's that. and it's nice to let let out your thoughts and feelings to you know to to somebody that will listen. Yeah, of you know? course, because like anyone else, it would kind of feel like a burden, like you're right. just putting it all on someone else. So and at least the therapist is that's her that's job her to job, listen, exactly. right? And she is trained, so she can give you advice on on certain things that I, as your parent, can't. Yeah. Um. What do you think, or how do you see your your where you are now? Like, do you think you're getting better, or is it just you, you're managing it? Is it stagnant? Like, wh- where where do you feel you are on the journey? Mm, I feel like I'm better at managing it now. Like, for example, before I didn't take walks, or that I kind of just like sit in my bed and kind of just be Fall like apart. that. Yeah. So now I know that oh i'm just gonna go for a walk or get up and do something because it doesn't really matter what time it is because i would rather go for a walk at three in the morning instead of just sitting in my bed right um but you know some people are not able to yeah just get up and go for a walk so what other what other techniques coping techniques can you recommend or suggest um i think listening to music is a good one because it's kind of just like like, when I go for walks, I always also listen to music. It's kind of just, like, escape from, yeah. But, so I would say that's one. But do you think, I mean, it's 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 good to escape and distract your mind, but you can't always live in that mode where you're just in mode of escapism. You have to get yeah. back into reality. So it's like, what about self-talk? Like when you feel you when you're feeling depressed, are, do you, are you able to talk yourself? Say you know, I should be doing this, or maybe I should do that, or whatever. What if what if you're not able to go for a walk or play music? What what if you're in a work environment, for example? Um, How would you cope with it? I personally don't know because when I'm, for example, is at work and stuff, I never would really get stuff like that because I'm like distracted. You're so busy. It's more. Like, my episodes happen more when I'm, like, alone at night and stuff like that, I noticed. And you're not busy. And yeah. When I'm not do you think anything. it happens more when you're tired or you're I would fatigued? Yeah, I would say so, yeah. yeah. Or, like, when I'm stressed okay. and stuff like that, yeah. And what advice could you give to somebody that's suffering from anxiety and depression? I would just say set new goals. Um, for me... When I had no goals at the time, like in December, like November, December, when it was the worst, um, I had really no goals in mind. And that's when it starts getting like you feel lost and you don't know what to do next. You don't know what your purpose is. Yeah, you don't know what your purpose is. So when I started thinking like, oh, I need to do this and I'm going to try to achieve this in a certain amount of time or whatever... Um, that's when it started to get better. Like, I knew that I wanted to get better at dance, so I started co- going to dance more, and that's been kind of my goal as of now. 
So, yeah, kind of but, just, like, setting new goals because once you reach them, then you kind of feel like you don't know what to do next. And set some so new goals. set some new right. ones. But I've noticed with you, sometimes it's like with dance, for example, which, you know, it takes time and, and, and effort, but sometimes you tend to fixate on things, <laughs> you know, like excessively. Um, and to me, that's part of the whole, you know, depression or mm-hmm. the symptoms. I suggest to you and, and to, you know anybody else going through this, obviously seek medical, yeah, you know professional um, advice, but try not to fixate on certain things because some people turn to alcohol or drugs or whatever. But you know, yeah. you in your case, you fixate on dance or whatever it is. At one point, you were exercising to extreme when you didn't even need to. You know, you were already thin and built and everything, and you were like overly exercising. So that's something to pay attention to that you're not fixating yeah. on specific things. It's definitely things. like more of a coping mechanism it's, and a distraction. Right, but it it can be depending on what it is. It can be unhealthy so the trick I guess is just to try and find balance try and do activities you know as much as you can things that you enjoy yeah and I would say also um surround yourself with people because that's also good just positive people yeah not being alone yeah positive Positive people of course like I noticed that I like going to dance to dance but also because there's so many positive people there and I get to talk to different people meet new people and that that's also really nice and yeah i think just surrounding yourself with positive people is a good thing good outlet yeah, yeah that's good yeah and then of course you know find a good therapist mm-hmm. one that you you know you feel comfortable with and also set some goals there you know that you're not just going every week just to to talk but mm-hmm. you're actually achieving something like you know getting to the underlying cause of your anxiety and mm-hmm. your depression what's causing it because yeah. no matter what if it's not addressed it doesn't matter where you go what you do it will always follow you whatever environment and it's just something that you need to really i think focus on getting to the bottom of it mm-hmm. you may not ever find out but i think it's really important that you take the time to to find out what's the underlying cause because you yeah, know, I, as your parent, I don't know what triggered yeah, it other than... like, I, uh, my yeah. therapist asked me one time, like, do you even know? And honestly, I don't. Like, I know certain situations that could have, like, triggered it, but I don't know the what? underlying yeah. cause. Why, why it started in the first place, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, could, like I said, we go back to social media. I mean, mm-hmm. th- that you, fi- you felt like your life was lacking something. Was that it? That you, you know, you're, you're not good enough or you felt like you want to be seen or what do you feel as far as that is? I don't know. I think, and in that point in my life, I had, like, control was a big thing because um, I wasn't happy in the job that I was working and I didn't have much control. So I kind of had to fixate on something else. And for that me, that was control. like... Oh, eating healthy or eating overly healthy and exercising and the goal was to be, I mean, my goal wasn't really to be thin. I just, it started off like eating healthy and it kind of just like led to Morphed into excessive. So I wouldn't say I was trying to be thin. Like that wasn't really the goal. It was kind of just like the healthy eating. And and in, in that whole scenario we discovered a thing called orthorexia. Yeah, a lot of people don't know about um, it. and that's that's excessive um or eating 
like, clean. Yeah, really clean. Like being obsessed with eating clean. Clean yeah. and also overly exercising and being overly healthy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So that's anything in excess is just not good. So that's something to be mindful of. It might not be typical anorexia or bulimia. Yeah, and some but... people don't even fall under that category. Like I would say you can have a mixture of all yeah. of them. The I would spectrum. say I have that. Yeah. I, don't, I think there's a name for it because I've heard of it before where you just like... Under, yeah, you're on the whole spectrum. Yeah, you're not, because, yeah it just depends on the day. You're not each one, yeah. Because like like you've explained to me, some days you you know you get ravenously hungry and then you yeah. overeat and yeah. then you know you feel sick. So that's yeah. that's more leading towards bulimia. So yeah. But our experience with you, it was more definitely orthorexia. Orthorexia, was the most, and that's something right. that I feel like I'm under right now. Like I feel like it definitely led to anorexia. But or bouts of anorexia, not really full blown anorexia, just bouts of it. I think yeah. you have because you've always eaten. Yeah. But in my, based on my opinion, you just never at balance at one yeah, point. Yeah, and also I was very like my job was very like active, and I would walk to and from work, and it was just like not enough for what I was doing. Right, you weren't taking in enough yeah. for the physical exercise or the physical activity. Yeah, and that's that why I started losing weight. Right. Um, but then you became obsessed with having and then abs. I, yeah, and then <laughs> once it once I did lose the weight and started getting like compliments, you would say, or more compliments, um, it kind of was like, oh, this was like a little a good thing, a good thing. <laughs> yeah. And then I just started, uh, like, how would you say it? Um, just stuck with it, I guess you yeah. would say. Yeah. Well, and that's not good, and and that's and that's the thing. It's like you you're getting um, people t- giving you compliments, like you said. And meanwhile, I'm like, oh, she's too thin. She doesn't need people encouraging her to continue this lifestyle. Meanwhile, they don't know what's going on behind the scenes. They only see her posting selfies, you know, with her abs, you know, intact. But to me, as her parent, who you know knows her her whole life, she just looked like she was slowly wasting away. So. Mm-hmm. At that point, we decided, you know, I pushed the issue and I said you needed to get help. And, you know, we went to see a psychiatrist who just asked a few questions. And, I, and you know, that included, you know, have you had suicidal thoughts? And you've voiced certain things that did just sounded along those lines. So mm-hmm. um, the good thing was she said that we brought you in early enough to handle it otherwise it could have been even worse yeah um and you're still struggling with it today you know this is two years after diagnosis Mm -hmm. and the goal is for you to stay on your meds and be comfortable with food you did see a dietitian for a while and explain a little how the dietitian helped you um so she kind of made not a meal plan but just tried to explain to me you need to be eating this amount of carbs and this these type of carbs and what other fats and proteins and another good thing that um was interesting was she would hook me up to this like machine and kind of calculate how much like of the weight I gained was fat and how much was water and um 
Yeah. So yeah, it was so just she, interesting yeah. to see that. So that you could see exactly what's going on in your body and, yeah. and, and really, you know, pay attention to what you're eating and treat your body right. So that's something that definitely helped you to, mm-hmm. to regain the weight that you'd lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be more mindful of what you're putting in your body without having that anxiety. Yeah. So I definitely recommend if you're having issues, you know, food anxiety or mm-hmm. eating disorders to definitely connect with a dietitian yeah. to help you. And um, it's definitely interesting because a lot of people think that when they go on the scale, it's like weight is all like bad weight. But when I went to see her and she hooked me up to the machine, I... There was one time in particular where I thought I had gained, like, a lot or, like, a good amount of weight. And I did gain it, but it was all muscle. So it wasn't, like, fat or anything. It was all muscle. And I actually lost fat, which was interesting. So, any like, when people go on the scale, it doesn't really matter what weight you are. Because muscle weighs more than fat. And it's all different. Right. So, yeah. body is different. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's definitely... A struggle, I mean, for you, it's mm-hmm. a struggle for you, it's a struggle for me as your parent to see you, you know, struggling and, you know, I've tried my best to help you, but got to the point where I, I felt things were just out of my hands. I can't, you know, there's only so much I can do, so we got your professional help and it's important to, to take the advice of, you know, the professionals, that's mm-hmm. what they're trained for. Also, you listen to your mind, you know, listen to your body, they, they don't know physically what's going on in your body every single moment. So you have to listen to your body and maybe, you know, if the advice isn't working, then you communicate that to them. Mm -hmm. If the meds aren't working, then you communicate that to them, you know. But one thing you need to do is be honest, always be honest, right? Otherwise, they can't fully help you if you're in denial, which there were times when you were in denial about it. And um, it wasn't until you had several meltdowns that you realize and you admitted to me that you'd really need to help. So we're getting you that now and you're steadily seeing your therapist once a week, mm-hmm. you know, as much as possible. And um, yeah, it seems to be helping, but I feel, you know, there's times when I feel mm, I, I should be seeing a little bit more progress because I'm a little still a little concerned with your eating that it's not as balanced as it should be. But, you know, I imagine that's a process mm-hmm. and as your parent and your support system we also need to know what's going on with you in your mind because on the outside looking in it's like oh she's her head down and crying and all we see is this 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 meltdown but if you try to explain it like okay i'm just having a meltdown right now i'm not feeling good right now i you know and and communicate what you need then it's easier for us to be supportive and help you Mm -hmm. rather than just shutting down and a strange behavior begins you know um one other thing that you used to do a lot that was really concerning and it still concerns me is like you'll fixate on things like protein powder which protein powder is meant to be more of a supplement not meant to be a main ingredient and at one point what were you doing with protein powder that was Um, your main ingredient and that's not good it's easy to fall back into the old patterns isn't it yeah it's very easy um when you like have an eating disorder one thing that like when i was first starting you fixate a lot on like calories so i was very used to reading labels and calories and stuff and that's something that's like i've kind of studied i guess so i kind of know how many calories are in each thing 
and that's like kind of sucks that I know that now because it's hard to kind of get away from that um but I would say just like not counting because I used to count calories like all the time when I first started um on like the so try not to right, try not stuff. to not try not to, try to, do to that. like yeah. count calories and stuff because it can be very yeah. tiring Obs- and yeah tired and obsessive. obsessive exactly and my advice to you i mean you were raised vegetarian your whole life and mm-hmm. you're always healthy you know yeah. you always you know went to the doctor for your regular visits and had them check certain things and everything was fine so i mean i always encourage you to just get to a good place with food food is not your enemy mm-hmm. you know it's your mind telling you that food is your enemy so yeah just get to a good place where you're feeling good about food and try not to fixate on anything and try to just eat balance the way you grew up eating one thing that you, you do is eliminate carbs a lot um yeah. so that's something that you need to really um try to get over that yeah. you know that hurdle Okay, so thank you, Cornelia, for sharing with us your mental health journey. And hopefully this will help somebody else that's struggling with it. And, you know, we'll just continue to do what we need to do as a family to help you recover from this. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I definitely hope it helps someone because I've been struggling with it for a while. And I know a ton of people struggle with it. So hopefully it helps someone. And yeah, just know that you're not alone and you can get through it. And yeah, bye. If you haven't already done so, please like and subscribe to hear upcoming podcasts. And please share with family and friends. Thanks for listening.